This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. What if all the best players in a sport played for the same team? Who would they play against? What would be the purpose? Would it be fun to watch? Or would it be horrifying? These aren't questions we can answer most of the time. Sports leagues tend to spread their talent around through drafts or free agency. But every four years, the best U.S. women's basketball players team up like the Avengers, only they don't have any supervillains to fight. When I covered the 2016 Olympics in Rio, I circled a game between Team USA and Spain on my calendar. Spain took the silver medal at the most recent world championships, and I thought it could give the U.S. a game. Team USA won by 40. 40, not 14, 40, 40 points. It was one of the most breathtaking ass kickings I have ever seen. There's no hoops dynasty that compares to this team. Half the players on this year's roster weren't even alive the last time Team USA lost in the Olympics. That was way back in 1992, when the top song in America was End of the Road by Boys to Men. But it was actually the beginning of the U.S. women's road to dominance. Since then, they've won six straight gold medals and 50 straight games. Prior to their nine-point win over Nigeria in Tokyo, they hadn't played a game decided by single digits since 2004. I talked to Jordan Liggins, co-host of the Spinsters podcast, who's been calling Olympic hoops games for FIBA on Twitch, about what it's like to watch all of the world's best players suit up for the same team. I think it's unfair. <laughs> like, they're too good to be playing together. It's not like you're watching and you're nail-biting, like, oh my God, are they going to pull it out? It's more we're going for gold, like, let's go. Americans still rave about the dream team who put on a show unlike anything the Olympics had ever seen. That dream now lives on in Team USA women's basketball. We won't watch to see whether they'll win golds. We'll watch to see just how dominant one team can be. This is the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. Today's sport of the day, basketball. It's funny that basketball is part of the summer 
Olympics. Basketball is normally played in the winter when it's too cold to play sports outside. But this arrangement works out pretty well because most basketball leagues take place during the winter. The stars of the sport are free to play in the Summer Olympics. But that's not the case for U.S. women's basketball. When the WNBA was founded in 1996, it was intentionally placed in the summer so it could have the hoop spotlight to itself. The problem is that every four years, the Olympics happen smack dab in the middle of the WNBA season. On the men's side, players have become increasingly disinterested in playing for the U.S. national team. Their bodies are tired oh. after the playoffs. The Olympics are prestigious, but they're also like going to summer school while all your friends have a real vacation. But being a women's hooper is a 12-month job. WNBA salaries are smaller than NBA salaries, so players take work when they can get it. Brianna Stewart was last year's WNBA Finals MVP. Then she went to Russia and was named MVP of the EuroLeague's Final Four. Now she's leading the WNBA in minutes played and her Seattle Storm have the best record in the league. And that's on top of playing in the Olympics. Stewart didn't even have time to plan a vacation to get engaged. She proposed to her fiance, Marta Jargai, in Phoenix, a few days ahead of a preseason game against the Mercury. Jargai is one of the players from the Spanish team that Team USA beat by 40 in Rio. True love really can overcome anything. While the U.S. men's team has struggled to recruit top talents, the women's team can't fit all of the best players on its roster. In 2016, Candace Parker, that season's finals MVP, was left off the roster. This summer, six-time All-Star Neka Agwumake was the controversial snub. At the beginning of the season, ESPN ranked the top 25 players in the WNBA, 11. Team USA players are on that list, including four of the top six. Meanwhile, zero players are on any other team in the Olympics. In an age defined by basketball super teams, the U.S. women's dominance stands alone. You have some of the legends like Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird and Tina Charles, and then you have some of the newcomers like Joel Lloyd. And when you watch it, you do have this sense of pride, but you also just say like, okay, these women have put in the work to be at this level and they deserve it. That's Jordan again, talking about Team USA's roster construction. And what she describes is exactly why it's such a joy to watch these women. I love seeing chemistry develop between top tier players who normally go against each other. Who fills which roles? Who takes which shots? How will they play off of each other? Jordan thinks those adjustments come naturally to these players because of their hectic schedules. A WNBA player's year kind of goes from season to season to season. And a lot of the time when they do go play overseas, they are thrown into another roster with players they don't know and systems they're learning on the fly. So I do feel like being on the Olympic team of everyone kind of being thrown together quickly they have an advantage because they're kind of used to it. They're used to showing up and saying, here, this is what we're running. These are your new teammates. Here's your guard and just play. But why do they do it? 
Why squeeze more hoops into a schedule already bursting with basketball? I asked Kara Lawson. She won gold as a player for Team USA in 2008, and now she's the coach of Duke and the gold medal winning three-on-three Olympic basketball team. She knows why players want to compete in the summer games, even when breaks are so hard to come by. It's the Olympics, man. They get this opportunity to represent the United States. I get this opportunity to represent the United States. That's powerful. No matter what's going on in your life, if something's important to you, find time for it. The world's best women's players keep finding time to be part of Team USA. They've chosen to work through their vacations and we reap the benefits. We get to see what it's like when all the best players in a sport team up. These 12 stars will build a flying death machine, discovering who's the engine, who steers, who breathes fire. They will destroy everything in their path and that destruction will be utterly captivating. The Olympics is not only about watching athletes you've never heard of. It's also about watching athletes you know come together to kick the world's ass. U.S. women's basketball is a dream team, and we're about to watch that dream become a reality. I'd like to thank our associate producers, Erica Cervantes and Lonnie Ronaldo, who literally made these episodes. Additional thanks go to Ben Glixman and Arjuna Ramgopal. I'd especially like to thank the Ringer's fact-checking team for making sure I didn't say anything wrong in these episodes. And I'd like to thank you for listening.